Hello, and welcome to Cinedrunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. <laughs> Great clink. I clinked his fingers instead. <laughs> Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm your host, Matt, joined by Nathan. Hello. And Elizabeth. Hi. Welcome. We are back, and we have a few new series in the works, uh, first of which we're doing a bunch of retrospectives um, for different anniversaries. Uh, first up, we're starting with the 20-year anniversary. And twenty year anniversary. The twenty year anniversary. The twenty year anniversary of the films of nineteen ninety eight. Woohoo! So wow. each of us has chosen one film that we'll do a mini episode on, and then uh, once we've posted all those, we'll do a full top ten list and retrospective of the year and Oscars races and all that. Uh, and we are beginning with Mr. Nathan and his choice. And my choice for drum roll best picture of '98, no, not best picture, but my choice for my picture of '98. What '98 means to me is deep impact. Yes, the disaster drama from director Mimi Leader, mm-hmm. starring the incomparable Taya Leone, <laughs> among many, among some other people you may have heard of, um, and uh, if you're not familiar which shame on you <laughs> um basically the the plot is they there's a comet that's discovered to be hurtling towards earth and uh humankind attempts to divert it to save the lives of everyone mm-hmm. on this planet now not to be pedantic mm-hmm. um which i just had pointed out to me yesterday i use that phrase a lot but <laughs> to be pedantic is in Deep Impact, is it a comet versus yes. an asteroid? Oh, that's not pedantic. It's a comet. Okay. No, this is why I wasn't, because I'm pretty sure, so in 1998, there was also Armageddon. Both yes. movies came out in the same year, and I'm pretty sure an Armageddon is an asteroid. Yeah. But so that's, that's the last was, we're going to talk about that a... movie. No, absolutely. That was just why I was being <laughs> yeah, specific, no. that in this one it is a comet. Yes, it is a comet. I can't, I'm not 100% sure on Armageddon, but I think you're right. I think it is an asteroid. Yeah. But Deep Impact is a comet. Great. Um, and, uh, in honor of the movie, we've also, of course, selected a drink. Mm-hmm. That we have. We are drinking, um, Taya's Sweet Revenge. <laughs> um, Taya, if you read, um, is, is spelled T-E-A. Um, just like tea. One of my favorite drinks of all time. Um, so I... <laughs> I've um, carefully developed this recipe that includes chamomile tea infused simple syrup with fresh lime juice and tequila. So it's basically a margarita, but like chamomile scented, tinged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, tinged. I would flavor it as too strong. It's 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 there. There's a, there's a hint. Yeah, of flavor. it's very subtle, much like the movie Deep Impact. Um, in parts, sure. <laughs> but we'll have the recipe up on, on the blog if you if you want to check it out and um, drink along while you watch this masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a question. Yeah. Which is because we'll and we'll get into it on all of these podcasts, but we when we were picking our movie choice didn't necessarily select like our number one film of '98. So when sure. we get to our top tens, you know, our number ones probably will be, although maybe not will be different from the one we selected. So we had like personal reasons why we selected the one that we wanted to all watch together. Why do you like Deep Impact? What's not to like? Um, 
Well, it also was like, I mean, I know because I know why it's a very Nathan pick. I'm wondering if you could yes. illuminate <laughs> to our listeners. Of course. So, yeah, I picked Deep Impact because it's a disaster movie done <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the main reason. Yeah. But, um, and you, in particular, like disaster movies. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. disaster movies. And it was Apocalyptic, also... Apocalyptic, dystopian, you like all that. Anything that deals in death and destruction. Yeah. <laughs> um, Massive scale. That's not true, actually. I don't really love like some of the superhero action movies of recent years. But anyway, okay. in this particular section of the mid to late 90s, there was a cornucopia of disaster movies. <laughs> we had Twister, we had Volcano, we had Dante's Peak, yes. we had Deep Impact, we had Armageddon, we had... I guess the perfect storm was a couple years later, but like mm-hmm. it was a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. It was it the was. it was really the time to be alive it was, because it was the peak. Yeah, the because the peak. movies were there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I would always uh, reminding you that you could maybe not be alive tomorrow. So right. you know, I wonder. Do you think that that was like the coming Y two K panic? You know what I mean? Like, oh, do you absolutely. think that it was the end absolutely. of the century that yes. we had so many in the 90s that were specifically like Mother Nature? Mm-hmm. 100%, I think that's yeah. the main reason. Yeah. Yeah. Though this, I feel like this movie was first like developed in the 70s, actually. Well, we're going to get into that a little later. Oh, okay. But no, yeah, because no, I you're know right, Spielberg is a producer, and I feel like it was like originally. It was going to be a Spielberg project, like yeah, almost well, right after Jaws. You just mm-hmm. spoiled one of the oh, trivia questions, but <laughs> I guess you would have gotten it right. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I think you're right that this was in development a long time. So it's not just that, but I, but yeah, I think. But still, I mean, people yeah. were in the mood for you know between the millennium and the internet. Like, there's some choice, fresh internet moments oh, yeah. in this movie yeah. where I love it's like, late ooh, 90s baby internet, internet. Yeah. Yeah. love it. Um, like if but, someone opens a computer and just types in like internet, yeah, and just, yeah. with a good chunky text, yes, <laughs> really big and font, excellent graphics. Um, the other reasons that I chose this, I mean, I liked all of those disaster movies that I listed, but this one, um, I think it was more certainly more character driven than probably most of the ones that I listed just now, for sure. For sure. Um, and it also has that special thing for a disaster movie where there's actual disaster there's payoff like too many movies like this you know the hero saves the day mm-hmm. before anything bad really happens at all time mm-hmm. yeah and it's like what the fuck is the point of that mm-hmm. we want to see the end of the world the result yeah. yeah um so no spoilers except lots of spoilers but they're <laughs> 20 well, year old 20 spoilers. years yeah. <laughs> But there's this this movie kind of strikes the balance. There's a lot of destruction, but there's also a a, a hopeful ending. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's what mass. I know why this movie stuck with would me. Like, so they so they say. Yeah. It yeah, stuck with but, me because of the Elijah Wood of it all. In oh, that, yeah. I remember this movie being an Elijah Wood led movie, and me he is too. kind of one of the leads. But it was like. I was someone who like took extra like curricular astronomy classes. Like I loved constellations and like nerdy space stuff like that growing yeah. up. And like it starts, and I remember the beginning so much of Elijah Wood just being in like a random astronomy class. He's yeah. a young teen, discovers the comet basically with yeah. his astronomy teacher or whatever, and they send the info on to, you know, a 
giant telescope whatever that investigates it and is like oh holy shit yeah and then that guy gets in an accident that's like the most vivid memory i have of this movie was that like the first two minutes first yeah the first few minutes that's fair. right is that that was the character i could relate to most and that he's so important and then you know that the guy dies in a car accident it's just such drama to like kick off the plot and who didn't have a crush on elijah wood when we were younger Ooh, yeah I mean, well he was my north star not just because he starred in the movie north, north. <laughs> That's good. That's good. He truly was. He was probably one of my first age-appropriate crushes. Mm. Mm. So mm. I not Christopher Plummer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some would say that he's not age-appropriate for me, but you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that we're like a May-May relationship, just like several decades apart. Great, you know, instead of a May-December. Yep. Um, <laughs> that was a great tangent. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen this movie like since the theater, or maybe I watched it a couple times on VHS. Right, I'm sure it was all on TBS or something like that. But it was, it was never my favorite, and I think I would have told you that I liked Armageddon more, which is shameful <gasps> on no. many levels. You got to rewatch that. No, never. Well, don't. well, no, I won't. <laughs> and I think that my opinion would, even just thinking about the plot and like all, the plot surrounding the Liv Tyler character makes me like. Anyways, um, but I remember Deep Impact being like about Elijah Wood. And so when we rewatched it a few weeks ago, I was shocked by how relatively little he is in it. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. to me, my memory of that movie is it's an Elijah Wood movie because, yeah, I loved that character. And I think part of what you both are picking up on, besides Elijah's unbridled beauty, (laughs) is that um, (laughs) in the original cut of the movie, well, I don't know. If you'd say original cut, there were probably many cuts, but but there were, they also cut a lot out of the screenplay and cut a lot after. Um, like test. What screenings. do they call it? Test screenings. Yeah. So uh, the first cut that they showed to test audiences had a lot more of Elijah and oh, Lily really? Sobieski, his love interest, mm-hmm. um, and it didn't go over well. So they cut. So now, to me, Tay Leone, Jenny Lerner, who's played For by sure. Tay Leone, is the lead character. If you had to choose one, it's clearly her, I would think. I She's would kind of the audience agree. surrogate a little bit, too, in like yeah. discovering the comment. I call her good at her job, Tay Leone. Tay Leone. In this, in this movie, because <laughs> okay. she's like so good at her job. She's so ambitious, even in the face of people trying to stop her. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, Beth, who's played by Laura Ennis, yeah, Innes. from ER, ER, yeah. yeah, who's great in this she's movie. Really by great. the way, she's there's yeah. a layered. Performance. Everyone's good. It's a good ensemble. Yeah, um, and if I can say, actually, that relationship to me is very interesting. Watching it now through the lens, also remembering what most '90s movies are, and even today, is that the film does show the professional competition between the two women but it also shows a real bond and they don't seem to hold it against like laura Ines's character in a lesser movie would be this like bitch yeah oh like, yeah anchor and in was, the hands of a lesser actress probably but yes yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like but instead their relationship feels very much like they have a deep 
relationship and friendship, but there is also professional jealousy and competition, mm-hmm. especially in a way that women are often pitted against one another because we're not seen as competition amongst men. We're mm-hmm. only competition amongst each other. And I just, I was like really shocked that it was surprisingly nuanced and lovely. And actually like one of the emotional climaxes, well, the emotional climax for sure for Laura Innes's character and one of the emotional climaxes for Taya Leone's character is between the two of them about their relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. I think mean, it just speaks to the script, which a movie like that, especially disaster movies, and pretty much all the ones you listed are filled with caricatures. Stock. Because it's all yeah. about the plot and the action and the effects. And that's what yeah. you go to see these movies for. And they're still super entertaining and digestible. But this, I feel like, did really take its time in caring about characters and it pays off because in the end we were when we revisited this movie a few weeks ago we were all crying at the end like it it genuinely gets to you in like a real way and that's one of my favorite things is when a genre movie takes itself really seriously and like Mm -hmm. isn't made as like okay we are making a genre film it just is like okay we're telling a true story or not a true story but a, a story authentically right and how humans would actually react and relate to this yeah. situation. Yeah, for for sure. sure. I think the last like overviewy thing I want to say is the second time that I watched this in recent... I mean, I've seen it probably like eight or nine times nice. in my life. But the second time I watched it recently, which was today, <laughs> um, I wrote a note that I just have to share. Please do. It was a revelation, and I wrote, and I quote, Yourself. Holy shit, this movie is about the stifled ambition of youth. So, really, maybe youth isn't the right word, but we have Jenny Lerner, who is a pretty new at her job. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if reporter is even the right title, but she's, like, working in a newsroom. And um, Beth, the Laura Innes character, tells her, you know, here's, here's the deal. Like, you have to do this for three years, this for four years, this for five years, and then maybe you can get, like, a weekend anchor slot like to fill in for someone who's sick essentially i'm paraphrasing but she um like a lot of the action in her world is against the backdrop of that like she kind of gets this break on this story which is the story of the the comet (laughs) coming to destroy the earth um and she capitalizes on that but it's because she's she's ambitious um and striving above what most people would say is her place expected right. and her expected path. Yeah. And so then we have Elijah Wood's character. Um, I have to look up the name, so I'm stalling. Leo Biederman. So yeah. he um, is, you know, he's a nobody high school student, but yeah. he discovers this comet during an astronomy outing with, I assume, like the astronomy club or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And so he becomes famous and um, that's all kind of like above his age range, above his pay grade, so to speak. (laughs) He also ends up um, marrying his love interest, which is like very premature. But of course, in this situation, like it makes sense that he, well, he's, he's trying really, to save he's his really girlfriend. doing it so that she can come along because he's, along, been, he's yes. been selected to come to like a cave for the potential survivors of humanity which will be few and far between yes and he wants to be able to save her and he believes it will also save her family which turns out to be wrong but right right so it's like all of these people striving to you know transcend 
where they are age-wise and professionally. And I just thought that was a pretty good way to address a disaster situation because it's Mm -hmm. about humankind trying to, you know, save ourselves when we're really not equipped to. Like, Mm -hmm. we're going to take on a comet? Okay. (laughs) But yeah, we're going to fucking try. Because, like, that's... So... I, I think that's part of why it actually works. It's there in the... So Robert <clears throat> Duvall is part of then like a team of astronauts that go to yeah. try to deploy missiles to break up the comet before it comes. Mm-hmm. And that that um, dynamic certainly exists in that too, which Absolutely. is that he's sort of like the old guard who is going mm-hmm. with a group of all younger, fresher... As like the PR bucks. face, basically. Like yes. he's a space hero from the Esther year or whatever. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And so there's that dynamic that plays out too. And then Yeah, for sure. Them is, kind of coming. He has been on the moon. He's like the only person in the group who has set foot on the moon, so he's there for that reason and others. Right. But yeah, yeah, totally, for sure. So, you know, that's that's that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, I, I like I, just coming back to the Taylioni, I like, though, that as you say, like, ambition certainly drives her character mm-hmm. but in a way that we as the audience are set up to root for her yes um, which still so often in film and media like ambition in women is a very difficult thing like it is often portrayed as an unlikable characteristic and something that women need to overcome mm-hmm. yeah. their ambition to be Come more likable or capable of love or any other like number of things even the fact that like this is why we don't elect female politicians mm-hmm. yeah. is because ambition in men is perceived as powerful a, powerful yeah. and and and, a, and a, a strong attribute but ambition in women we get words like harpy and true and yeah you know so so anyways i i again i mean this movie was and directed Taylor by only like doesn't really sh- She's, Play it likeably. She's no. Well, but she's also I mean, she backdoor is. ambition. She's not like that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's low key about it, and you wonder like how much of that is um, the writer being like, well, that's how she is to like survive in a man's world. Right. Like she mm-hmm. knows she can't be right off putting or whatever. Right. That kind of ambitious, and how much of it is just Taylor being. Like making whatever Taylor. choices she she did to yeah. play the part, but I think it works. But you know the thing that's so interesting about Tay Leone is that she is an actress with like rough edges. Like oh yeah, oh, yeah I yeah. think it's why people have never really known what to do with Tay Leone because she looks a little bit like Meg Ryan, mm-hmm. like even down to the haircut. Yep. So she looks like she should be this girl next door, but there's something a little bit messier and rougher yep. and sharp edged yeah. about her. That makes her a really interesting figure. And makes her an interesting figure in this. I love... I don't know if it's an actor's choice on her part, but... I mean, one of my favorite parts, especially on rewatching, is, like, the processy, like, investigative journalism of, like... She's following up on that lead of James Cromwell as this politician who's just kind of unexpectedly resigned, and she's trying to figure out why. She gets, like, hints and, like, murmurs of... That it was because of Ellie. Hints and, and murmurs. Hints and murmurs that's and my, bits and bobs. That's my offshoot podcast. <laughs> that's your memoir. Hints and murmurs. <laughs> the Elizabeth Selner story. Um, of like Ellie and she assumes it's a, a mistress and that's why he's resigning. There's the scandal that's going to break. She's trying to figure out the story. And then it ends up being E-L-E, which is extinction level event. It's just like super cool. And then she gets the first question at the um, press conference. I love that. So then she 
kind of becomes famous overnight because this you know massive worldwide event like clearly that's going to replay on all the news networks that press conference of Morgan Freeman of who is of course the president for like the 12th time um so then she gets the like right away gets put into the anchor position for like all the stuff surrounding this big news story that will be like everything that anyone's talking about for the next year or two right and she's not a very good anchor no not at all (laughs) no i don't know if that's her choice or if (laughs) it was someone's choice there's no way that she was like Like, she's just they knew what they were doing in some ways she's just just because you and matt and i you and i watched it recently she's almost playing it like holly hunter's character from broadcast news if Mm. she was put on camera on camera which is like a character that's not a little nervous like really good at her job (laughs) and probably like delivering the news like if you just wrote or read it really well but yeah um yeah which so morgan freeman i'm curious i don't know if you know this know the answer to this is morgan freeman is this another one of your trivia how many times he's played the president? Oh, or? no, that oh. wasn't my question. Okay. My question was, is that if this was his first time playing the president, and if this is the first time in a film the president was portrayed as black. Ooh. Ooh, because it would be Because it would be exactly a decade before we, as a country, elected our first black president. Well, okay, so I don't know the answers to your questions, but I do know... <laughs> <laughs> I do know that... Um, uh, supposedly, um, according to an interview that was done in 2016, I'm not sure who exactly said it, but someone was recalling the pre-production phase of Deep Impact, Mm -hmm. someone involved, and recalled uh, an executive saying, we can't have Morgan Freeman play the president, we can't have a black president, this isn't a science fiction movie. Now, first of all, it is a fucking science fiction it movie. Absolutely. Is. Well, that's not really first of all, but it absolutely is. But kind of like on his stupidity level, like yeah. okay, whatever, um, and disconnection with the project, clearly. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, you're right. Eight years or ten, ten years, ten exactly. years after this was released, we had a black president. So obviously, that executive got overruled. Yeah. Um, but I also I I feel like Morgan Freeman has played the president so many times, but I'm not, I can't think of another time. He's definitely been in the cabinet a lot. Right. He's been like secretary of state. Well, in very... some of all fears, he was some high level, yeah. you know. So according to Wikipedia, um, <laughs> the first movie portrayal of a black American president was probably that of Sammy Davis Jr. in the 1933 film Rufus Jones for President. Okay. A short musical comedy, and he was seven years old. That's crazy. Otherwise, in 19... <laughs> so in 19- also a like child child's black president. <laughs> Correct, yes. In 1941, um, in Babes on Broadway, Judy Garland is in black male drag singing a song, Franklin oh, Delano boy. Jones, about the first black president of the U.S. Well, so that's not... So blackface, that's, I would that's imagine. That's just yep. more racism. Nope. Um, there's an ABC made-for-television movie uh, that had James Earl Jones in 1972. In 1977, Richard Pryor portrayed the first black president of the U.S. in a skit on the Richard Pryor show, just on TV. Lizzie Borden's 1983 science fiction film Born in Flames, about a radical feminist insurgency, set an alternative she was a U.S. filmmaker. Features a black president. No, she was, she would have been I dead. mean, this is this is some other Lizzie Borden, clearly. Clearly. Um, yeah. So there's some t- TV stuff, um, including like Sequest. Um, and then I guess in the year before this, in 97, in The Fifth Element, I don't remember this, but a character actor, oh. Tom Lister Jones, played um, the commander-in-chief, not just of the U.S., but of planet Earth. Mm. 
Um, but technically, that but was think, like set in the future too. Right. So yeah. like, so as I a think this just like contemporary realism. That's not a not sketch or is, but yeah, some a satire. feature film. Yeah, it seems so. like it was. Way to go! Wow. Um, and then of course, um, Dennis Haysbert on Twenty Four. Right, which would have been just yeah. a few years later. Right. I think uh, the next thing we should talk about is food, because there's a lot of actually good food moments in Deep Impact. Mm, And I think, um, well, maybe not moments, cameos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is a time that that sandwich just walks, like, (laughs) just walks in the frame. Right, right. So I I just want to choose one for now. Which is this the first scene that we have with Jenny, who played by Taylor Leone, and her mm-hmm. mother, Vanessa Redgrave. Yes, who's great, and we haven't talked about Vanessa Redgrave, which is yeah, Redgrave. or Maximilian Schell, her who plays her dad. Well, both Oscar this winners. This is about Vanessa. Right this now. movie made so, me crying a lot of times. <laughs> right? So I just wanted to read from the script of mm-hmm. uh, oh, from do. the screenplay of um, how Vanessa Redgrave's character, who's Robin. Learn. She's not given a last name, but she's divorced from Jenny's yeah, father. Ted. But anyway, um, Robin is introduced in the screenplay. So it's um, exterior Washington D.C. restaurant daytime lunch in a garden restaurant. Jenny Lerner, twenty nine, seated with her mother Robin, fifty five. Robin has a slight air of bohemia. If the women her age in the restaurant are dressed for business, she's more relaxed. She's also a lot more drunk. <laughs> so, and we see her immediately with um, basically two martinis. Um, she likes them with a twist, uh, and she she's fantastic. But the the um, the whole scene is about her um, sort of venting to her daughter about how her ex husband, her daughter's father, is getting married that day. Actually, that very moment while they're eating together. Um, to, you know, someone very young. Lie, 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 till death do his part, blah, 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 and she says yes, and he says yes, and it's kissy, 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 and congratulations. Anyway, um, a few of the other food moments, I actually have a trivia question. It's not really trivia time, but I'm just going to ask. No, go for it. So this is a question. So it's a competition. So one of you is going to win and one of you is going to lose <laughs> and probably never be able to show their face again. Um, the stakes are getting a little too high. Yeah. I know. Life or death. Matt and I comet a little is hurtling too, to earth. A little. The Wolf Biederman comet. Competerman. Competerman. Okay. So the question is, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> which food brand was not seen, which real-life food brand mm-hmm. was not seen on screen in Deep Impact? Oh, God. Heineken, Jolt, Chips Ahoy, Ensure. Okay, I'm pretty sure Ensure definitely was. I'm going to say Heineken. I'm going to say... Oh, but Jolt seems so nice. I'm going to say Jolt, just to say something different. I'm pretty sure... That the truck driver at the beginning was drinking Jolt. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. But you're both wrong. Oh, um, Chips Chips Ahoy. Ahoy. Although, now I'll okay. probably rewatch it and I'll see Chips Ahoy somewhere. There's a lot of product placement. I don't know if it's like right. structured pl- product right. placement, but you're right. The, the Jolt is the one that I knew. Yeah. 
So Jolt, I remember. Deep now. Impact is in We're part probably <laughs> sponsored by Jolt, like showing that it's been causing accidents. Yeah, I since think in most markets it is called Jolt's Deep Impact. Jolt, yeah. Jolt, Jolt, Jolt presents. Jolt presents Deep, Deep Impact. impact. <laughs> and then a Jolt production. <laughs> Deep Impact. Yeah. And Which, sorry, no, we should ahead, mention film directed by a woman, Mimi Letter. Yes, that's another uh-huh. reason. Okay. I w- Sorry, you there's so much going. to talk just, about, yeah. and I love Mimi Leader. She's done amazing things with The Leftovers, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Oh my god, um, yeah. Interestingly, she figures more into the trivia too. So we'll yeah, talk interestingly, about, not amazing. Well, maybe this gets to the trivia, but not amazing work on film, except for this film. But yeah, not usually. But she her did, TV work is she did the incredible. Peacemaker the year before yeah. this. No, yeah. no. Yeah. She's got on the basis of sex coming later this year, which, looks, based on the trailer alone, looks. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, in sh- so just to cover my bases, Ensure is seen in the um, well, kitchen in scene the, yeah. where she's talking to the president. The president. There the, are pallets. Just of like it. tons of Yeah, Ensure. which now that I'm thinking about it right now, I'm like, why were they, why would they be storing the Ensure in the kitchen that they just happen to meet in randomly? Like that's supposed to save humanity. I guess no, it was being shipped to the cave. Being yeah. shipped there. The soft limestone then, of Missouri. Yeah. So to speak. <laughs> I think there's an impa- a palette of insure also in the scene where she goes to James Cromwell, who Cromwell, who's loading up. They're very well uh, to get on. His, he has a lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 And then Heineken Farmer is Hoggett. just Heineken is just seen um, very prominently, but it's seen in the bar scene when the young astronauts are kind of like coming to terms with the fact that the old astronaut Robert Duvall will be joining them mm-hmm. for this mission nice. um, trivia so maybe we should move on with more trivia let's do it um, a few interesting things so the scene I was just talking about in the kitchen uh-huh. so that was actually filmed in the ambassador hotel which is where Robert Kennedy was assassinated Yeah. Um, in 1968 I know that because of the Emilio Estevez movie, Bobby. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Starring one of our cinematic greats. what do you know? That movie references Deep Impact? Or you just know Ambassador Bobby Kennedy. Okay. It was the Ambassador Hotel. Yeah. Got it. (laughs) Yep. Um, So there was a line. That's why movies are important, because that's where I get my history. Um, that is troubling. Next, yeah. bit of, next bit of trivia is that there was a line um, in one of President Morgan Freeman's two or That's maybe... the character th- name. Yeah. Two... <laughs> well, it's, well, it's President Beck, but it, two well. or three scenes where he's addressing the nation. Mm-hmm. And in one of them, he originally said, life will go on, we will prevail, this is not Armageddon. And they cut mm. out This Is Not Armageddon because it was competing with Deep Impact that very because summer. Because it was coming out later that summer. Yeah. That uh, it was not a reference to the movie, of course. Right. But. They should have kept I, it. I think they absolutely should have kept it, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have made much difference either way. But then again, this movie was a little too classy. Like, there are no other winking moments that it would feel a little bit out of place. Right. 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 Yeah. In fact, the few kind of like winky moments are kind of what make this movie not like a great movie of all time. Right. Sure. Like some of the tonal like right. inconsistencies. But it's also what makes it a fun disaster movie to right. watch. So sure. I'm okay something to revisit. Which, years by later. the way, yeah. I would just like to say I don't usually care for Robert Duvall. Me neither. But he works I in do. this movie. He's pretty good. He's good in his scenes with um, 
what's his face also from er and house of santa fog ron eldard ron eldard whose name i never remember ever <laughs> is it that guy he's like sure. a face blindness but name blindness speaking me. of blindness he gets blinded he gets blinded robert duvall doesn't get blinded no, no ron, ron eldard. eldard okay okay uh, <laughs> i didn't recognize that name so. yeah. he's the guy who gets blinded <laughs> Um, the one who, and it also makes me cry when they're like, they get contact again and no, before they do their suicide mission, they can speak to their thing. loved ones down at Cape Canaveral, wherever they are, Houston, yeah. at NASA base. And like his wife isn't going to get there in time with the newborn baby. And then she does. And he's like, oh, he's beautiful or whatever. And yeah, he's and blind, the, but she doesn't know. And the other people Ugh. are like describing him. The other astronauts are describing right. the baby to him. I also really, the Ugh. standout for me in that whole series that whole like segment um is mary mccormick who plays the like one female Mm. and i don't know why she doesn't get anything like particularly showy to do but she's just such like a steady interesting presence and then she gets the moment when they're deciding so essentially they decide to do like a suicide mission because now their first mission failed and all it managed to do was split the comet into, into a smaller yeah. piece and a larger piece. And there's nothing they can do about the smaller piece. It's going to hit, and it does, and it kills a lot of characters. Um, but they can take out the larger piece that will cause complete and total destruction of Earth with a suicide mission. And she's the one who says, the like, they're going to name a high school. Look on the bright side, they'll name a high school after us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just such a great moment. And then you get to that scene where they're all saying their goodbyes. And... At least for me, I didn't realize until that moment, maybe it's visible in, like, an earlier barbecue scene, that she has, like, a newborn child herself. Like, she has, like, a three-year-old mm-hmm. child, and yep. her saying goodbye fucking destroyed me. <laughs> she was really great. I was like, I like Mary McCormick. Anyways, mm-hmm. all that stuff works really well. Yeah, too many destruction, disaster movies don't destroy the audience, and this right. one destroyed Because us. you have to make us, like, actually invest in character about the characters. Absolutely. Right. And, then have real, and then have real stakes. I mean, you pointed out that Tay Leone, again, spoiler for a 20-year-old film, but Tay Leone is sort of the de facto lead of this movie. Right. And she dies. Mm-hmm. And in this, like, beautiful well, she way... she has the opportunity to live, but then she gives up her seat she, to Laura Innes and, and her, her child. child. Yep. Which is why I named the cocktail Taya's Sweet Revenge, because she's <laughs> coming back from the dead to give us a hangover. <laughs> Great. Um, right, tequila so that, will do that. That's, that's all I wanted to, that's all I wanted to say about the film, because so, we hadn't really discussed that part. Of yeah, absolutely. There's so much to talk about, but I think let's just keep trucking with trivia. Let's do it. Do it. Um, I'm interested. So this one is easy, I guess. Who hired Mimi Leader to j- direct... Steven Spielberg. Oh, is it Spielberg? Yes. Yeah. So he is was. Is it based on something? Like he was like, oh, that's I the this. next question. Okay, okay, okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no. So. <laughs> Stop ruining his flow. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely based on something, and he was involved from the beginning. And it was. It's not clear to me, and maybe only he and a few other people actually know. <laughs> he will take it with him to his grave. Right, right, right. But it was just kind of assumed that he would direct because yeah. he was interested, and he's a director. Yeah. So, and he's a huge name. So, he actually hired her to, to direct, but she is not a science fiction fan. She said, mm. I can't direct that movie. I don't watch science fiction movies, and I don't, mm. like, I can't do that. And he was like, you can You're do anything. You're trying to have a black president. This is out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> don't put words in her mouth. But, uh, <laughs> she, so, she obviously took the job eventually, but the next question, trivia question, is what movie did she watch? 
in preparation for Deep Impact. Uh-huh. She didn't watch a bunch of sci-fi. She watched one movie in particular, I think several times, but um, th- I don't expect you to actually get this, but you can Do try. you have multiple choice at all? Or no, can I you give should. us a hint? Can, can we, so can we... it's, a, it's, a, it's an apocalyptic movie. Okay. It's How old? People would call it one of the classic apocalyptic movies. It came out in 1959. The Day the Earth Stood Still. No, but good guess. Ooh, I don't know. It's one that's been so high on my list for so long, but I haven't seen it yet. Seen it's it? On the Beach from 1959, oh, sure. starring Ava Gardner, Gregory Peck, Fred Astaire, and Anthony Perkins. It's a post-global nuclear war movie yeah. where these Never these people it. are sitting yeah. in Australia basically waiting for the world to end. For whatever reason, they know that you know the repercussions of global nuclear war are coming towards them to destroy them. So it's like that kind of mood. So that was interesting and it makes a lot of sense. to the top of my list. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've mentioned it before. I know. But I feel like we've tried to locate it and it's it's not, I mean, something from 1959, probably not easily. Yeah. That's good. But that also makes sense for the tone of this film, which is a lot of people just preparing for the end of the world. And they get a lot of time, too. Yeah, yeah, we were The comment doesn't hit until like an hour and a half in. Yeah. Yeah. But they also get like the, the... I think because they delve into so many character things, they the action moves around, moves briskly. Like mm-hmm. they cover mm-hmm. years. Sure. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so speaking of what this was actually based on, it was based on two major works. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea what they could be? Kafka's Metamorphosis. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was- Wait, wasn't this an adaptation of? Persuasion by uh, <laughs> Jane Austen. <laughs> um, so <laughs> no, I don't think we know. <laughs> so okay, so it was so it was <clears throat> it was conceived on the one hand as a remake of this movie called When Worlds Collide, which was a 1951 sci-fi thriller about a star, a new star, and its planet hurtling towards Earth. Mm. Ooh. Um, I don't really know anything else about the movie, but of course now that's on my list too. And then Spielberg had just optioned um, the rights for uh, Arthur C. Clarke's novel, The Hammer of God, which is about an asteroid on a collision course for Earth. So then, that must be what Armageddon is faithfully based on. (laughs) (laughs) So in the pre-production phase, they kind of decided, well, let's just use both of these as source material. But um, they veered off... Like sufficiently that like I'm Arthur sure. C. Clarke, who wrote that I'm sure novel, is not credited. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's how that happened. Okay. Last trivia question. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many Oscar winners are in the cast? Ooh. Okay. And yeah. name them, obviously. Robert Duvall, uh, Vanessa Redgrave, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman, Maximilian Schell, mm-hmm. Lily Sobieski. No. I'm no. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um. James Cromwell is a nominee, but nominee, not a winner. Yep. Laura Ennis is an Emmy nominee, I'm sure. If you can't think of any others, then that's you're correct. Four. Oh. <laughs> it's four and one nominee, James Cromwell. Yes. All right. So yeah, Morgan Freeman, Robert Duvall, Vanessa Redgrave, and Maximilian Show all have Oscars. Excellent. Amazing. So my final question as we wrap this up mm-hmm. that I've just made up on the spot. <laughs> and then I'll end with some statistics. What you got? Perfect. For all of us, Mm-hmm. In a ranking of five 
Taya's sweet revenge, what would you give this? How many Taya's sweet revenges would you give? With the film? five, the film. With five being well, the Well, is five like you're going to be super drunk and hungover? No, or no, just five, like is, five is best. Five stars. But rather but than using tea. stars, we should use <laughs> drinks because we're drunk. Great. <laughs> well, I can start. I give it five. Great. Damn. Because we're ranking it by Taya's sweet revenge. And, and by that standard, standard it's, it's got everything you could want. Nice. I give it so the bartender serving me is super generous and like we're flirting and like getting along and it's like a great evening so he pours me three very very generous like you could almost round up Taya's sweet revenges plus gives me an extra shot on the side nice okay, okay. so it's like almost four almost but it's three like three plus yeah I like that I think I think mine would be like a steady four hearty Taya's mm-hmm. Sweet Revenge, I've also been flirting with the bartender. So he's For sure, and I'm going back drinks. to that bar. I'm going to revisit this bar and that bartender, and yeah, I'm going to yeah. order this drink again. And I definitely enjoy the drink. Definitely. Yeah. I do too. I just, I feel like that's important for us to rank. I, I will say I was shocked by how much I liked this movie and how deeply I was moved by it. And then I think we were all shocked to learn, well, A, so it was a hit. Um, yeah. You know, it was in competition with Armageddon, and Armageddon outgrossed it. Domestically and globally. Because Michael Bay has made a pact with Satan. And, Clearly. Yeah. Though it did have a higher opening weekend, Ooh. which is interesting. It grossed $41 million in its opening weekend. Its budget was like 80 ish million, and worldwide it grossed 349 But then I think we were all shocked to learn that it had... It has a lower like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic score than Armageddon. Bullshit. What? Yeah, that's ridiculous. And not, not even that. It's just it has like a rotten... It has only 45% on Rotten Tomatoes with an average of 5.8 out of 10. And Metacritic, it's a 40. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. That's crazy time. I feel like it would be, it would do better. The exact same movie released today would get better reviews. Yep. I think so too. I I also feel like this is the, the, the liberal disaster movie of 98 and the Trump 98 disaster movie is Armageddon. 100%. Yes. <laughs> any, any other final words? And that's why we should describe every movie we do for our retrospective is like, now is this a Trump movie oh, or God. a oh, no. liberal movie? I hope we're not going to pick any of those. Yeah, I would And not. I doubt we will. But um, good choice. Yeah, it was a great mm-hmm. choice. I thoroughly enjoyed the rewatch. I would recommend. For sure. Thanks, gang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll catch you next time. See you later. Again. Cheerio. Ciao. Look at the bright side. We'll all have high schools named after us.